हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट फाइव इनइक्वलिटी कास्ट एंड क्लास एंड अवर टॉपिक इज नेचर ऑफ क्लास इनइक्वलिटी इन इंडिया क्लास सोसाइटीज आर करेक्टराइज्ड बाय द होरिजेंटल डिवीजन ऑफ सोसाइटी इनटू स्ट्रेटा in marxist terms classes are defined by their differential access to the means of production the dominant classes appropriate the surplus produced by other classes through their control of mean of production and thus exploit their labor the actual configuration of the social classes varies from one society to another the rise and growth of indian social classes was organically linked to the basic structure of colonialism and bore the imprint of that association what constitutes the dominant proprietary class in the urban area is marked by plurality and the heterogeneity in its composition a clear cut demarcation along the lines of merchant industrial and finance capital is not possible in case of india the indian business classes exhibit a complex intervening of functions under the colonial rule the indian businessmen were initially relegated to small private trade money lending and acted as agents of foreign br- british capital the british capitalist and the merchants controlled the upper layer of indian economy represented by the big joint stock companies managing houses banking and insurance and major export import firms despite obstacles and the constraints the indian capitalist class grew slowly and steadily and breached white collective monopoly with all structural constraints colonialism also guaranteed the security of private property and sanctity of contract the basic legal elements required for a market led growth the expansion of foreign trade and commercialization eased the capital storage shortage and accelerated the growth of sectors where cost of raw materials was low such as cotton textiles sugar leather cement tobacco and steel certain groups of parsis marwadis and khojas the bhatias and gujarati traders benefited from their collaboration with the european companies and pumped their resources into the manufacturing sector this indian capitalist class grew diversified to some extent and acquired important position by 1940s this class thrived during independence 
under the government policy of import substitution and quantitative controls. The public sector units provided the infrastructure and the intermediate and capital goods to this protected class, while the public lending institutions provided it with the cheap sources of finances. The assets of the biggest 20 industrial houses increased from rupees 500 crores in 1821-2-20-3,200-crores-in-1986. By big monopoly industrial houses under the planning. On the other hand, almost 70 percent of the people exist on merely subsistence level, and 76.6 million agricultural laborers earn only one tenth of what an organized sector worker in the city earns. In the 1980s, unemployment reached about 10 percent of total active population. In the urban centers, the bulk of laborers are working in unorganized informal sectors. The vast army of pavement vendors, domestic servants, porters and street hawkers represent a class of discussed urban unemployment. The class composition in the rural areas also bears the stamp of colonism. The older groups of rural gentry, although its wings were clipped away by the British colonial regime, was retained and transformed into a kind of rentier class of landlords invested with newly defined property rights on land. This was especially true of permanently settled Jamidari areas of Bengal and Talukdari areas of Awadh. This landlord rentiers class generally emerged from the pre-existing groups of Jamindars and Talukdars who had enjoyed the rights of revenue collection under the pre-British regimes. They exercised extra economic federal coercion over their small marginal share croppers. Since the Congress party favored a bureaucratic rather than mobilizational form for carrying out a gradual social transformation after independence, the power and privileges of these semi-federal agrarian magnates remained intact in some areas. These classes now managed the new democratic polity. The failure to implement radical agrarian reforms meant 
that the availability of resources and accessibility to spaces within the new polity to the socially marginal groups remained limited. The rich farmers however, are numerically the most important proprietary class in the rural areas. In areas outside Jamindari settled areas of Bengal, the colonial state settled land revenue with dominant cultivating groups. A class of rich farmers emerged from these groups. They took advantage of the expanding market networks under the colonial economy and they had resources like sufficient arable land, livestock, implements and better access to credit. They also became less dependent on money lenders and they took to ushery themselves. The Jat peasants of Punjab and the upper Doab, the Wallas in Tamil Nadu, the Khanbi Patedar of South Gujarat. The Lingyats of Karnataka and the Kama Reddy farmers of Andhra constituted this group. The tenancy legislation under colonialism and after independence initiated the process of transfer of landed resources from non-cultivating absentee landlords to the enterprising rich farmers. Some older groups of rentier landlords also converted themselves into this class. The political clout of this class grew as it drew encouragement from state's policy of providing price supports to agricultural produce and from liberal provisions of subsidized input such as water, power, fertilizers, diesel, credit and agricultural machinery. This class is easily identifiable by the ownership of landed and other agricultural resources. In 1970s, about 20% households of the rich farmers owned about 63% of rural assets such as land, livestock, building and implements. This disproportionate access to rural assets is combined by its control over wage labor which is used to produce a sizable market surplus by this class. The other pole of rural social structure is the world of semi-protaliate having little or no control over productive resources. The agricultural laborers and a predominant group with little or no guarantee of a regular employment often burdened by coercive domination of rich farmers. The bureaucratic managerial elite also constitute a significant class in India as the relatively weak capitalist class at the time of India's independence was not in a position to completely 
subordinate the highly developed and administrative state apparatus. The growth of non-market mechanisms and planning in the allocation of resources and economic patronage also resulted in the expansion of bureaucracy. This class expanded in the post-colonial phase with the spreading out of education and need for professional and white-collar jobs involving new skills and expertise. This is not merely an a luxury class of Borges as there are conflicts of interest between the public sector professionals and private capital. The command over knowledge, skill, taste and networks of relationships are notable features of this class. Now let us wind up the session and take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.